All right, what's up, everybody? We are back with the podcast today. We are going to be talking about Last of Us Part Two. So this is a huge spoiler warning. <laughs> we just finished it up like literally today, like ten minutes ago. So we're going to be talking about that spoilers and what we thought about the game. Yeah, then that's um, definitely an impressive story. Um, I think it, I don't know if it, I could say it owes a lot to Unforgiven, but it and Unforgiven share a lot of the same themes i mean it's kind of appropriate for a game that starts in wyoming goes to oregon and then california so that sort of same western theme seems very appropriate let's go ahead and get into the podcast all right so my first impressions i was super pumped when this game came out i was i actually got it early in the morning at like six o'clock at meyer because i knew they would probably have some copies but i had a backup copy at gamestop just just prepare I was the one who suggested you check to see Meyer after you went to GameStop and they were trying to give you this spiel about how they only had negative six copies or whatever. Yeah, I called because I was like, oh, I thought they were still doing because we're still in like sort of lockdown right now. They're starting to open things up. And I guess GameStop is open now. You can go inside the store instead of doing like a pickup. And people were not following any social distancing rules in that store I had to go back and cancel my uh, pre-order so I can get my like five bucks back. And there was like at least 10 people in the store and you're only supposed to have five. So that was like a whole ordeal. But anyway, I got the game and we were playing it last week, like last Friday. There was two discs. Anyways, talk about the game itself. Okay. So um, if you haven't played the first one, you should. It's been like seven years. So spoilers for that game too. First game was you follow these two people, Ellie and Joel. Um, it's kind of like a... Uh, Okay, so it's kind of like an escort mission. You're with Joel, who in the beginning of the game lost his daughter. She got shot from when basically this whole like outbreak started. Um, I think they're from Texas is what he said. So they're basically trying to get out of the city area and try to move out because they're closing things down and the government's in there. So they're trying to move out and then basically there's a whole bunch of infected. They don't call them zombies. They're infected. And the government's like, hey, you can't go through here. And they're like, they got to they got to shoot him. So they basically shoot his daughter. She's dead. And then it kind of flashes forward like 10 something years, 10, 20 years into the future. And it's been like infected is overrun and everything is just to sum up the next section of the story uh, much more rapidly. The goal is you are what well, we're here to talk about last of us part two. The goal is you're trying to get Ellie, who is the only person to apparently known person in the world who's immune to the bites because it's a setting where if you get bitten you turn into one of the infected and he's trying to get her to this firefly base he doesn't and they're supposed to use her to cure everything but when you get there you find out that the fungus has grown into her brain so they're gonna have to kill her to in, attempt to create the cure so jewel doesn't like that kills his way through the facility and then escapes back to where his estranged brother is living in jackson wyoming and then the game picks last of us part two picks up about what was it, four years later uh yeah it picks up like four years later but it flashes back if there's a lot of flashbacks in this game there's pretty close to two parallel storylines that are told via a mixture of flashbacks and just flat out having you switch who you're playing as yeah there is yeah so your um your two main characters are Two women, which in and of itself is kind of unique for a video game. Um, here is you play as Ellie and Abby. Thank you. I was thinking Jesse, who's the father of their 
sort of their child. But um, yeah. So what happens is Abby is out for you. Find out that the doctor Joel killed, who was going to do the surgery, was Abby's father, and she is on a revenge kick. She and the other members of the their group flee to Seattle, find out where Joel is. So they trek all the way from Seattle to Jackson, Wyoming to kill Joel. And they don't just kill him. She um, brutally beats him to death over time with a golf club. And this kind of triggered, that's basically the inciting incident for the rest of the game. Um, you don't discover the background for it initially. Um, you don't, it's not even clear as the player why these people came all the way from Seattle to kill Joel. Um, Joel's backstory is established that he had various times was a pretty vicious man. So it's not clear that so tightly tied up in the first game. Yeah. It's like, he wasn't the nicest man, but you don't know exactly like the point of this game is that basically Ellie is on a revenge tour because of Joel, because he took her, she could have saved pretty much humanity instead of having to live like this. Yeah, that's, and you don't really even realize that in a large way, this game is not about Ellie and Abby. Um, or Abby and her father, the the interplay between the two. It's really about Ellie and Joel, and Joel is not in much of the game at all um, because they... He's in flashbacks. He's in flashbacks, but he's not... Well, for one thing, he was the main character in the first game. He's not the main character at all in the second game. Yeah, you're playing as basically... Ellie is the main main character. Then you have a second main character as Abby, which we said, you know, she's... Because you play her like... You play as... Ellie and you kind of fast forward and she's like oh they're like in Jackson and they have like a little whole like community there and then you get to play as Abby I'm like who is this like why am I playing as her I don't know her I was like oh well I guess we get to play like two different people like we kind of did in the first game um in the first game that you'd sometimes switch over to Ellie oh and not play Jewel but it was still part of the same continuous storyline this does a lot more with cutting back in time um moving into dream sections um things like that. And yeah. So one of the things I, the reason I mentioned Unforgiven at the beginning is one of the major themes of this game is revenge does not do anyone any good because all it does for Abby is it winds up getting literally all of her friends killed and almost gets her killed for this multiple times, multiple times for this revenge of a, um, I mean, it was a killing, but it was a pretty clean killing because you just <laughs> you just shoot the hell out of the doctor as you're busting your way out to rescue Ellie. And so as a result, this uh, and then its desire for revenge on Ellie's part causes her no end of trouble. Um, winds up breaking up her sort of marriage, as we were referring to it. Yeah, it's just a big old mess. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> so let's kind of go in this in parts. I guess the first part, you kind of see, you know, Ellie's grown up and her and Joel kind of have some sort of falling out, which we'll see at the very end of the game, which when they were showing like the preview of this game is what they put to show you in the beginning. Like she's all grown up, but we'll get to that later. So basically, you know, she's kind of outgrown Joel a little bit, but she's still like, that's her father figure, basically, even though she doesn't want to admit it. They, have, they do have a kind of a, complicated relationship at one point in the previous game ellie says you know you're not my father i'm not your daughter but they do have in many ways a father daughter relationship and um yes, yes i got understanding yeah and and ellie but ellie's so bullheaded actually a fair amount of the storyline is ellie being so bullheaded it causes her no amount of grief yeah so basically there was like some sort of party that you kind of 
you're ju- you're jumping right basically into the story from like what I see from the beginning. Um, you're there's like a lot of extra like extra characters too. You have uh, what's that one guy's name? Are you talking about Jesse? That's the that's the that's the father of Dina's daughter, of Dina's son. Okay. Okay, so you have Dina and Jesse. They're all kind of like a little friend group, and um, basically they're going out on patrol, um, and they have to just basically clear things out to make sure everything's all clear. They have like a whole system, like oh everything's all clear. You like kill two clickers or like shamblers or something like that, and then we basically see uh, what's her name, uh, Abby. <laughs> we see Abby. We kind of jump to her. And we're like, oh, we're getting new people who I've never seen before. And they don't tell you know what they're there for. They just see like Jackson. You're like, oh, I, I just want to go, you know, people probably tell us to go back because they're on a revenge tour. But we didn't know that at the time that she was going there to kill Joel. And it kind of, you know, you kind of do like the tutorial levels and all that stuff, which, okay, fine. But there was like a little throwing snowballs for your aim. I thought that was pretty nice. But basically, they kind of just search around, and Ellie and Dina kind of like hook up, I guess. Well, them hooking up a little bit later. There's actually a note in the journal, which you didn't bother to read. Oh God, Graham read every single journal entry. Anyways, there is a journal entry where it mentions that she, that Ellie thinks Dina likes her as a girlfriend, but she doesn't want to screw up their friendship, and she's she's really conflicted about it. So that's um. So that's it. Yeah. So whatever. So we're going to kind of jump because this is a very long story. It is, but I think it's important to tell you that the, you don't realize they're there to kill Joel, even when you're playing as Abby running from a horde of infected and they're her, Ami, who's Joel's brother and Joel are all working together to escape. And then you find that Joel and Tommy have just basically handed themselves over on a silver platter to this revenge group. Yeah, like Abby gets in some trouble and they're like, what's your name, kid? Like, well, you got to help us escape and get out of here because there's just like a horde of just like runners and clickers coming towards them. So they basically hop on the horse and they go like she tells them that, oh, I have a base and she takes them back. And that's basically where it goes down. Like the first like 30 minutes of the game around something like the first hour of play, you kind of get like the gist of what she was doing. And she basically beats Tommy and then she shoots Joel in the leg. I was like, oh. Oh, that's not good. And then starts to just basically wail on him, just hit him with a, a club. And then you kind of catch up to Ellie, and they're like, they didn't come back, so you have to find them. And then you end up finding them, and she kind of gets ambushed by the group. And she, uh, they let her live, which was kind of a bad part on them, but you know, we wouldn't have a story without it. So she, they let her live, and they just basically she's torturing Joel like for who knows how long and they're like all right you got to finish it we got to get out of here because you know they have a whole town they could be looking for him and she just whacks them and that's the end of Joel and the community understandably is not too um, excited about having a whole bunch of people leave to cross the Rocky Mountains to continue their revenge plan so that's so they they cross over to Seattle Um, it's initially it's just you know Tommy leaves, and then it's just Dina and Ellie together, and and their relationship does develop. Well, first, you know, they, they have, like, actually, they bury Joel. So they do that. They kind of have a little scene where she's going through, and she, like, smells his jacket. Like, she, 
they weren't on the best of terms when he died. Like she was kind of like, Hey, you know, kind of just, uh, they were trying to work towards some things because later in the story, you'll find out that she was like, what really happened at the hospital? And he's like, come on, let's just, just like, no, tell me now or else I just won't come back with you or something like that. And he tells her, and she's like, why? You know, I, she's like, why did you do that? I could have, you know, saved everybody. And she's like, when we go back, don't talk to me. So, and that was like two years flashback. <laughs> There's a lot of, like I said, a lot of flashbacks going into this. A trip to Seattle. I, one thing that Last of Us in both games has done is rendered very lush post-human worlds um i mean part of it is you know beautiful yeah part of it is it's seattle so there's growth all over the place but you know there's flowing waterfalls plants everywhere big fields of ferns forests it's very um like a lot of post-apocalyptic um stories is a very beautiful world which actually kind of ties in with the seraphites or those are called a lot of the game scars wanting this sort of back to nature sort of lifestyle which you, you realize there's a bunch of holes in that because they're using motorboats and rifles and but those are only allowed for the soldier so yeah basically there she's like i'm gonna go no matter what and uh, tommy's wife which is also one of the head people she's like well tommy left already so bring him back so She's like, I'm going no matter what. So she's like, here, take a couple horses or take a horse rather. You get one and they just go on a, a journey to find Abby. That's all they want. And it's, it's intense. And you can sort of tell initially when the characters are introduced, when the revenge part is introduced that to an extent, these characters are being introduced to you to be killed, um, that they are going to serve you. It's, it's pretty clear immediately that it's going to be, you're going to have to go through all of these people before you get to Abby. It's not clear initially. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be like almost like a series of mini boss battles with each of these characters, but it was not like that at all. Yeah, there was, I, I, the story flowed along very well. Like even when I had to play Abby, I didn't really want to play her. I, I handed the controller off to Graham because I didn't want to play her. I was like, oh, she killed Joel. She's a jerk, but she was holding on to a grudge for like four years. And I was like, oh, you should have just let it go. And Cause you know, like they're going to, somebody's going to come after them. Like you can't just go in there like, Hey, sneak out. She just got lucky that they were already out on patrol. If they weren't, it would have been a whole ordeal and they wouldn't have given up Joel. Yeah. Her friend and ex-boyfriend Owen actually makes the point of the rest of our little group here when they see that there's a whole city over there, they're done. They're going home. It's not going to be worth it. And in fact, if it wasn't, and the, the, then one of the reasons Abby gets in trouble is she's off on her own because she's pissed that Owen is right and nobody's going to work with her. And she stumbles into Owen and Joel. Yeah, she got really lucky at that point. So, oh man, this game, a lot of emotions. I was so sad when they killed Joel. It also psyched you out with endings. It seemed like it ended like seven times. Oh my God. There were so many, like towards the end of the game, I was like, we've been playing this for like a week and we were playing it for pretty, like at least two or three hours, like at night, like getting through certain stages. And I was like, oh, we must be getting close. Cause uh, there's basically a point where, you know, of course there's like a few flashbacks with Ellie and Joel, which were really nice. And we basically, you play a whole nother character, which is Abby. We played her for a, a while, like a good half of the game. Like you basically do her upgrades and all that stuff. And you learn about her story. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that has been um, brought up is there's this 
tendency when you switch characters into the video game, obviously you're going to identify with the main character that's been played with like Bioshock infinite played with the fact that you were playing as not a nice man. In fact, a very bad man. <laughs> and generally you're soon to identify with the character and Abby, I think you can, you're not supposed to like Abby in, in any way because she's cruel. She's cold hearted and she's just, she's got a deep, dark streak in her, but you can sympathize with her. You can understand why she's doing all these things and why her world is being destroyed. Man, I just didn't like playing as her. I didn't like her story, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, revenge for her father. And then basically they, they show you like her life. Like it's um, at one point um, she breaks into where they're saying, they're saying it like this old theater. She breaks in, she kills Jesse. Yeah. She kills Jesse. So, I was like, well, damn, I think they'd kill him off that fast. And she's like, all right, put your hands up. And then it kind of goes cuts to black. And it's like, okay, now we're on her storyline. So you get like four days and like her like backstory and her like stuff like that. Her backstory and how they've come, they've joined this militaristic quasi-fascist organization that overthrew the remains of the federal government in the Seattle area and has now locked itself into basically an eternal war with these Seraphites, which is a cult. They call it the island. I assume it's supposed to be Prince Edward Island. They don't specify, but there, for some reason, the islanders refuse to stay on their island, and they're just... Yeah, they, they had, like, a whole nice setup. Uh, part of the implication there, I think, is that the elders, after the original cult figure died, have kind of gone really wacko, and they started. They eventually start hanging people and gutting people when they hang them and stuff like that after her death. Um, but, anyways, Abby has brought her little group into the West, the Washington Liberation Front, or the Wolves, and it becomes sort of this crack team for the Wolves, and um, they're critical to their operation. But Abby's still willing to doesn't doesn't seem to have bought in that like none of the none of they call them the salt lake group because they're fireflies from salt lake none of them seem to have had it except maybe manny seem to have really bought in with being a wolf yeah like the firefly has basically disbanded after like joel went in there and just ripped everything out so she's kind of just like i want to find the fireflies i don't want to be you know i'm just kind of living here for right now and you know they had like a nice set they were like a stadium so they had like a place to eat sleep they had their own like eat. they even had dogs they had dogs yeah and like a lot of people who have dogs i get sad that i had to kill the dogs even though in setting it makes perfect sense that a, a group in this war would have canines available to help them locate the enemy and things like that but you had to kill the puppies and that made me sad yeah, there was like a like in the first part, they're like, oh, uh, sick him, boy, because a dog will follow your scent. And Graham's like, I can't kill him. I was like, give me that. I'm about to stealth kill this dog. I was like, we got to make it through this part. Those are evil dogs. They're not part of us. Evil dogs. I don't condone the killing of animals um, in video games. I did get to pet the dog. So I, I did pet it. But these were evil dogs when I was playing as Ellie. So. But then when you're happy, you have a dog with you who winds up being critically important to your survival. So they you know, complicate even that kind of sort of the dog really didn't help much i was doing a lot of the work the dog kind of like jumped in after the fact after it was dead well that's kind of the point it wouldn't be a very fun video game if you had to keep chasing after this dog psychotically attacking the enemy and kind of ruining any sort of stealth gameplay yeah i guess so whatever we kind of jump into her story and i mean i still like i said i didn't feel bad for her. i like, yeah, her dad died, but she held on to this grudge for four years. 
Well, that's what I mean when I say you're not supposed to like Abby. You're supposed to empathize with Abby, but you're, I don't think you're supposed to like her because she very much, um, all of her friends die because of her. If um, she is, you know, the other characters mentioned that they supported the plan, but clearly some of them were not, were maybe not a fan of the plan to begin with, but were definitely not a fan of her slowly beating a man to death in front of them. Yeah, they kind of like, whoa. Apparently she's like really, I don't know. She kills a lot of the scars. Like uh, that one girl, what was her name? The pregnant one, uh, Owen's girlfriend. Oh, no, I can't remember. I should have written that one down. Oh, eh, she doesn't really matter. She wasn't that big of a character. She was kind of critical because in a lot of ways she was intentionally placed in there because you find out Dina's pregnant and that changes how Ellie's operating. And then on the opposite side, you find that <laughs> that there is a very pregnant woman on the other side. I guess I'm all right. Well, you didn't find out until Dina was pregnant until she was like, oh, I'm just throwing up. And you kind of like, she's like, I think I'm pregnant. And Ellie's like, what? Then basically she goes, they're trying to kill, I think, some scars or something like that, like towards the story. And then she finds like a kid because she gets like trapped, right? What happens is Owen, her ex-boyfriend, shoots one of their longtime friends, Danny, in the gut. And Danny comes back to the station and slowly bleeds out to Isaac, the head of the wolves. So she goes AWOL to find out what the hell happened with Owen. And she discovers that Owen is basically just sick of fighting. He's sick of fighting. He's sick of killing for, as, he's, as he puts it, Landy doesn't give a shit about. Because, I mean, we don't know where he's from originally, but the last place we knew he was from was Salt Lake City. And now he's in, you know, Seattle, Washington. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's just like, I'm done. He's going to take him and his girlfriend and the baby. And just like sail off to where they were trying to find the fireflies, where they think that they are Santa Barbara, which people are just like, that's rumors. He's like, no, there's there's a lot of rumors going around, but I think it's true. And she actually he actually quotes Abby to her when she's like, oh, it's a lead. And that's why they went all the way across the Rockies to Jackson, Wyoming. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a lead down in Santa Barbara. Yeah, so she's like, well, I guess I'm AWOL now. And... I don't even know how she gets with the Seraphites, like the, those kids. She runs into the Seraphites because her and Hanger, and they're about to kill Lev, they're, which actually may be Le- Levi, because they're kind of doing the, the old uh, Old Testament thing a little bit. But they find out that they're trying to capture Lev, Lev and his sister, and then in the fight where Lev rescues his sister, Abby helps out, and then they kind of become a a unit once again fleeing from aggressors yeah so they basically they kill no they don't kill love sister they're trying to kill her she's like a deserter they're trying to leave and they break her arm so abby is like well you guys save me so it's like where do we need to go where's the safe place so she they like kind of have to shoot i think some runners are in the woods and then like some of the seraphites or scars as they call them and they get to a safe place and they're like, how's the arm? And she's like, I'll survive. And she's like, well, I'm going to leave you guys here. You guys just be out in the morning because they'll come and uh, do sweeps. And she heads to the marina, I believe. No, it's not a marina. She heads to the aquarium because she knows that's where Owen's going to be hiding out because he's been he's spent a lot of time. Yeah. So she goes there and he's just like, we're leaving. And they kind <clears> of. <throat> 
So they go to she goes to the marina and they kind of have an argument and then ends they're like having sex basically and she's she's like cheating on or he's cheating on his girlfriend who is pregnant at the time and that's makes it way awkward since the girlfriend I forgot her name does, Mel. does Mel okay Mel does not like Abby at all because I used to date for such a long time. No, I think the real break for Mel was the torturous death of Joel. That seemed to be, I don't, you, you get kind of sense that Mel was ne- never maybe a huge fan of Abby was kind of willing to go along. And then with the, the torture and killing and Mel was trained by Abby's father as a doctor herself. And in fact, that winds up being critically important. You have a massive boss fight related to it. Basically she's like, I think she tries to get out. Cause Mel is just upset. And it's like, when we go to Santa Barbara, you're not coming with us at that point. So she goes and checks all the Sarah fights to see if they're even still there. And they are. And she's like, uh, you need medical attention at that point because, you know, her arm is broken. Yeah, uh, Lara's arm is completely messed up and brutally inflamed. So they go and <laughs> you have to go. You have to infiltrate as Abby. the hospital to get supplies and one of the things you do is this is one of those things where you have that timeline overlap you run into the, her friend nora who helps her get away and helps her complete it even though in the other storyline uh, abby no, excuse me, uh, ellie has brutally tortured nora to get in from the, because nora was is already exposed to spores she's going to die she's going i'm not going to tell you where my friends are i'm dead anyways and ellie's basically that's one of the things I noticed was a little uneven, and I think intentionally, you see a lot more of Abby's brutality than you see of Ellie's, although Ellie's is less brutal. Yeah, because when she was basically beating that girl with like a bat or something, and she's like, all right, now I found out where Abby is. And then we kind of go back to Abby's story. Well, we are still in Abby's story. Like I said, there's a lot of skipping and going back and forth, but I think they do it really well. Because it, it doesn't seem like, oh, we're going back to her or what's this? We stay with them for a pretty long amount of time in gameplay. One of the things I noted is that it's a much larger cast in large part because there's a lot more pe- a lot more people in it because you're playing as two different two different characters. So you actually you get a fairly good sense, even if we can't remember character names, we can certainly remember the characters that are with Abby. Like, we just can't remember their names. Yeah, we can't remember them right now, but... So basically fast forward, they get to uh, Mel. Yeah, there we go. Mel is her name. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the thumbs up. Mel is like, uh, she has compartment syndrome. So they have to, Mel is talking to um, Lara, I guess, or talking to Abby saying, hey, she has compartment syndrome. We need to get her arm. You know, we got to get rid of it, take it off. And they're like, do we have any supplies? Like, um, not enough. You need to go to like the hospital area. So there was like, she has to like covertly like, hey, I'm still a part of the, the wolf gang here over here. You know, we're, we're chilling. And they're like, wait a minute. She went AWOL like a couple days ago. And they kind of like handcuff her to like a bar. And then one of her friends, Nora, is like, um, I'm going to help you. But you did not see me if you get caught. Yeah, so um, she you get this actually intense and very difficult boss fight with it's down in the first level of the hospital where they first brought the initial infected. So the infected down there have been sitting there sealed up for 20 years or whatever. So you have this long boss battle with a creature made of multiple bodies that at one point 
Oh my god, that thing was so hard to beat. Uh it was basically a giant just like it had like at least four or five heads and there was like a whole bunch of clickers like on it, shamblers, runners. It was just insane. Like it it took multiple tries to beat that thing. Yeah, so then you but you managed to find the sur- a surgical kit to use to amputate Lara's arm. And this is this is where things I don't I'm this is one part of the game that I'm not sure I approve of. I get that they wanted to sh- they wanted to show you life on the island with the Seraphites, but Lev and it's I mean it's an understandable move in a character perspective. Lev steals the boat and goes because he wants to save his mother, even though his sister Lara's like mom's not going to ble- mom is going to side with the the cult and is not going to believe you. So then you as Abby with Lara as your backup, Lara who has just had her broken arm amputated, have to go after him, and it's. It's nice and it's and it's fun to play and everything else, but it does feel um, at times a little forced because it's also timed so that it happens at the same time the wolves go for broke and assault the island to drive to finally bring the war to an end. And you wind up with that classic video game thing of where you're fighting both sides. Yeah, like Lev was stupid. <laughs> he went back to save his mom, even though his mom was like, I'm going to stay here. So it ends up once they get there, after you fight like a million bosses, um, well, not a million bosses, a lot of enemies, because they're basically their whole like place is getting burned down at this point. When you look, Lev gets to their parent or her, his mom's house. And is just like, Oh, I had to kill her because she was going to kill me. So he ends up killing his mom. And yeah, it is. No, his mom's attacking him and he doesn't want to hurt her. And he pushes her back and she falls and cracks her head on a table. So he does not even intentionally kill his mother. Well, I was wrong. Whatever. Either way, his mom's dead. So technically, he kind of killed her because he was fighting her back. He straight up killed her. It's just one of the things, again, in a reflection of the other storyline, someone mentions that he did in self-defense. He didn't have a choice, which is brought up as well. On the other side. Yeah, so that happens. And then sister ends up dying. I was like. If you wouldn't have came back here, you just would have left. You would still have a mom, at least as far as you know. They probably would have killed her because, I mean, their whole like area is burning down. And then you, your sister just gets killed because here comes Isaac. He's the like leader of the wolf, and they're like, "You're a wall. We gotta, we gotta kill you." Like, why do you have that scar behind you? Let, let us kill them all. And then Lara shoots him, which then everybody understandably assumes that Abby's gone to the other side, and that's when you switch into you're fighting both sides. Um, kind of thing which dramatic you know you're running through burning buildings you're running through battlefields and everything else but at the same time it did feel that was one of the times that kind of made me feel like oh i am in a video game this is happening not necessarily because it's the storyline but because it's a video game and one thing i did like about last is and it's a, it can be a criticism its mechanics are not complicated. There's not a lot of weapons. There's not a lot of tricks. It's just it's a straightforward stealth game. I kind of like that because it means that the mechanics can kind of get out of the way of the storyline. You use them, but you don't necessarily have to spend a whole lot of time learning all these tricks and mechanics in order to successfully play the game. Yeah, I try to pay, play a more like stealthy. Like, um, there's parts where you can like craft things, like upgrade your gun and you get like a silencer on your pistol. I was like, oh yes, this is totally me. And I was waiting for it. We finally got a bow. I was like, yes. And you can have like fire, fire bows. Those are awesome. But I, I play more stealth. Graham is more of the, 
shoot them up. Well, sort of stealthy until someone spots it. You're just like, oh, well, go for broke. Start pumping them with lead. I've GM Shatterware for years, and that's how you do it. You stealth until stealth doesn't work, and then it's just explosions and gunfire everywhere. Anyway, that's why I think I like this game, because you have different options. Like, you can explode people, you get, like, pipe bombs, and then you get, like, a flamethrower at one point, which I thought was pretty cool. And then um, towards the end, you get, like, a machine gun, kind of like a silenced machine gun for Ellie. I was like, oh, yes, finally. The weapons get to be pretty pretty extensive, and how and with how your wheel is set up, you can only easily access four of them at a time. So you wind up um, both because of how you upgrade the weapons and because you can only deploy so many weapons, sort of settling into a set that you use all of the time. Yeah, I mostly went with like bow, silenced pistol, and then basically like stabbing them, or like with the blood object, blood object. If you like get to the point where you can like come up behind them and just like shake them. That's why I usually do it. But that kind of is the extent of the mechanical discussion, I think, which I think strengthens my point. What happens with you get in a really weird, what you think is a final boss fight, which is Abby fighting Ellie and Abby fighting Ellie. You kind of knew, you kind of knew that was going to happen, but how it happens is kind of weird. She goes to the aquarium and Ellie's already been there. Kills Mel, kills Owen. And we kind of catch up to that, finally, that timeline where she comes back and she's like, hey, oh, they're both dead. So she's like crying out and everything. And Lev is there and he's like, hey, here's this map that Ellie dropped. And I was like, if she wouldn't have dropped that map, none of this would have happened. But I mean, for story purposes, have to. Well, that was the point where I said, Lev, do you ever make a good decision? Because he shaved his head, got himself kicked out of the cult. He got his sister's arm broken and then got his sister killed, then killed his mother, then decided to help his friend continue her revenge quest. So I was very much like, Lev, you cannot make a good decision. Yeah, he's kind of stupid sometimes. Basically, they put us right at the um, theater and we sneak in and that's where we meet up where she shoots Jesse. So basically, you have a mini... Actually, yeah, it's another mini boss fight with Ellie. Yeah, this is a, I basically thought this was like the end of the game. I was like, and we were playing as Abby. I was like, what? We're trying to like, you know, beat her up to kill her because she, you know, Ellie killed all of her friends and that she, Abby has nowhere else to go. So. Yeah, it's a very tough boss fight and then it ends and we're like, okay, we're just going to like warp back to Wyoming and then just like catch up the storyline. Okay. And then Tommy comes in dumb son of a gun and is like oh i figured out maybe where she is and dina is not having it dina's already crossed the rockies once for revenge she now has a, a child that she's raising and her girlfriend slash wife that's not really established how formalized they get the relationship but they're living together in a house outside of um the city so clearly it's very strong is as dina puts it um ranking abby over her family because Abby, because Ellie's willing to trek all the way to Santa Barbara, California from Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. So after that, we basically get a time jump, at least 10 months, maybe 11. Cause that baby is kind of grown. It's not like a baby, baby, almost maybe a year after like everything happened. And, you know, they have a nice little farmhouse and everything. They have like little goats and sheeps. And like you said, Tommy comes back. He he's kind of beaten up. Like his eyes all janky. His leg is like stiff. 
Well, we thought Kami was dead because he gets shot by Abby as she's chasing after Edwin. Yeah, that's true. We thought he was dead. And I was like, he's still alive? And he comes up there. He's like, I have a lead. And we need to do it. And Ellie, like, she has, like, some sort of PTSD. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, she's thinking about it every day, how she didn't finish and all that stuff. And just kind of let her go. And in the middle of the night, she's basically like, I'm packing up and leaving. And Dina is just like, if you do this, I won't be waiting here. And she's like, okay. And she just goes off and basically we're in a whole nother, like at least a few hours into the game. Yeah. And then you wind up having you, what it is, is. It turns out that Abby has tracked down where the fireflies are, what's left of them. But then she and left get ambushed and enslaved by this group called the Rattlers. Um, then there's another time jump that this covers time where Abby is a slave and also time for Ellie to get to the area. And when Ellie arrives, I thought it was going to wind up. They were both going to wind up being slaves and they have to work together to escape, which sort of happened. Uh, I, I Not really. Cause basically Ellie's like, all right, it's time to start just basically killing all these dudes, like slavers and everything. I mean, she catches up with her and just basically tracks her down. At that point, she finds out the building that like, abby found in that note to like get the radio well while she's there ellie gets snared by a trap set by the rattlers oh yeah i forgot about that and she basically she gets punctured by like this little tree like branch that broke off and she kind of gets stabbed and i was like oh man that's a rat (laughs) i was like ellie might be dead and she's kind of hanging there for a while because she just basically bleeds out kind of passes out and like these two guys come and they're like, well, we got a live one, you know, more slaves, I guess. And she's just like, oh, you a bitch. <laughs> At that point, she's just like, oh, you bitch. She's like, what? Because they had like another clicker that was still alive. And he's like, all right, I'll show you how I am. He's going to pretend to buy. I was like, well, it's not going to really affect her. And she's like, she makes a move and he gets bit and he dies. And then she shoots the other guy. He's like, wait, you're looking for Abby, right? Um, I, I know where she is. And he he tells her and she's like, all right, blah, blah, blah. shoots him and kills him. I was like. She is not messing around this time. And for narrative reasons, that's that's the same guy that was in charge of the group that captured Abby. So you've got that continuation. Then Ellie continues, goes to a resort where these slavers are operating. And then, well, you played this most of this part, so you should probably describe it. Oh, yeah. You basically, there's, they have like a clickers like tied up, I guess, for like security or something. Because when you're trying to go through here stealthily, like I left them alive because they weren't bothering me, but they they could still see you and alert the people. There was just so many people in that section. Like there was just there were upstairs, downstairs. I think at one point I was just like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go in with a shotgun and just start blasting people at this point because oh man, it was insane. And then I think like she like once she gets to everything, she gets to a point where she there's some slaves and the guy jumps her and they the slaves like get the keys after she's getting pushed behind the bars and get the keys. And they're like, Hey, they're kind of a stand up. Like, what are you, uh, what are you doing here? And like, she's bit. We got to kill. He's like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ellie's like, where's Abby? And like, she's down by the stocks. So they kind of just mutually pass ways. They're like, all right, you're free. Let me go down and get Abby. And then she heads to the stocks. Yeah. Which is, which appears to be the pier that supports used for an old pier. And they're, effectively crucifying it i think they intentionally didn't do it as a crucifix um because it would perhaps be a little bit too symbolic <laughs> but it's still people being tried up to a pole with their arms above their head and slowly dying 
a little too on the nose with that. Yeah, so they, um, so you, I actually could not find Abby. I went to the wrong person. Yeah, they have like a little like girl that looks exactly like her with long hair and it's not her. And you, I was like, oh, why don't you try this pull over there? I was like, that kind of looks like her. She's like, let, Abby was buff, by the way. Like, she has, like, some huge muscles. I was like, what? How was she still buff after all this of not, like, months of not lifting? And finally, they fast forward. And it's like, she's, like, super small now. And they cut her hair off and everything once Ellie finds her. Well, there's there's two primary ways they visually help you with Abby telling which timeline she's in. And that's the length of her braid. And how muscular her arms are, because when you're when you're playing the main section of the game, she has a long braid and arms smaller than yours, Felicia, but big muscular arms. And um, and when you go back in time, when she's helping her father, she doesn't have the same build and her hair is shorter. And then when you go forward in time to where she's a prisoner, uh, she's her hair's gone and her muscle mass is completely gone. Yeah. So basically, she's like. All right, I finally found her. Cuts her down, and then I think Abby cuts Le- or takes Lev down. He's just out of it at this point, and she's like, "I know where the boats are." So it's kind of like, "Oh, is she just going to let her go?" I was like, "We came all this way again, even farther this time." And they, she's like, she puts her stuff in a boat, and it's like, "I can't let you leave." And she's like, "I'm not going to fight you. This is done. It's over. We've lost basically so much stuff." And she puts a knife up to Lev's throat. It's like, no, we're fighting. And this is basically the final boss battle of the game. And I was like, oh, man, she's going to actually kill her. Spoiler alert, she does not. She cuts her up pretty bad. They both get beaten up. Ellie loses two fingers on like her. She loses two fingers on her left hand. Okay, she loses two fingers on her left hand. Because Abby bites them off. Yeah, she bites them off. And Ellie is just like you know, swipe it with her knife and stabs, stabs Abby. And is, is she's like, gets to a point where she's on top of her and is strangler strangling her in the water, like getting close to her death. And she just like flashes back to Joel. And is like, I can't do it. Like after all that, she's like, I just can't kill her. And she's like, go just leave. I'm done. And that ties back into the kind of the brutality I mentioned, because that was a dirty, messy fight both of them were wrecks there's blood all over the place they're soaking wet from the seawater they both look like hell they move like hell they're actually animated to kind of have that uneven swaying abby keeps shaking her right arm trying to get feeling back in it it's a very and the whole time i was just going no ellie no and of course i'm the one having i'm playing it so i'm trying to say, don't do this ellie but also i have to I'll finish this like get her get her I was like, get her, please. I was like, you came all this way. You lost possibly your girlfriend. You've lost Joel. You lost, like, we, you came all this way. You got to finish this. And I was like, she's like, nope, not going to do it. Just go. It's like, we're, we're done with this. So that, then it kind of flashes back to the house where she left Dina and Dina's gone. Like, she is not there. We think, well, we think she's in Jackson. And all her stuff is still there. She tries to play the guitar and is kind of messed up because she's missing two fingers on her left hand. So she got to figure that out. And then it kind of cuts. She plays the guitar near the window and then she slowly fades out. Well, not actually fades out. She walks out and it seems like she's just heading back to Jackson because, I mean, there's nothing there for her. Dina's not there. 
yeah, it's left kind of ambiguous as to it's um, it's unclear if Abby, sorry, Abby, it's unclear if Ellie even goes back to Jackson or if she just becomes a drifter, um, like Jewel was for a very long time. Um, it's pretty clear that Abby and Lev join up with the Fireflies again. And you had mentioned the possibility. Maybe. We don't know if they still exist. They wouldn't have been wiped out in the few months that she was a slave. You don't know that. I bet there's going to be DLC and we're going to get a little bit more of that story. I bet. Yeah, I would not be surprised to find that out. Um, it's a it's a very moving story, a very effective story. Um, I, and it shows, I think, how video games can be effective storytelling tools. Yeah, I think like Naughty Dog is very good with stories. They're the same people that make Uncharted, which had four games and has very like story driven type of series. And I enjoyed that. So I knew I was going to enjoy this. And I like where it's basically a lot of story. I mean, there's a lot of gameplay actually in this, but there's a lot of there's a huge story in the background. One of the things you, you mentioned, the options for playability at the same time, your course is very straight. Any level has will have sections where you can use to be stealthy, but it's still, you're going from one encounter to the next encounter to the next encounter. It's a very linear map, not linear gameplay necessarily, because you, you do have, like Felicia mentioned, you can very much do one where you successfully kill everybody with none of them realizing you've done it, or you can just take your ax, sharpen it, and just hack people to death, as, you know, as everyone should do, because that's how I did it. Oh, my God. And yeah, that's, that's basically how the game ends. I was like, oh, my God. And actually, there was an end cut scene. I forgot about that. Not at the end of the credits, but after she walks out, there's basically show you how they previewed the game. The scene where they're at the like dance party and where they kiss and everything. And um, how Joel and Ellie were kind of still rocky on terms. And she's like, we can still we'll work on it. Basically, at that point, like we'll we'll get better each day. And the final scene kind of recontextualizes pretty much the entire game as once again, like I mentioned earlier in, in our conversation, that it's not so much Abby and Ellie, it's Ellie and Joel, even though Joel is not in for the game for very much. Well, I mean, he's in for critical parts, but in terms of timeline, he's not in it a great deal. And that's where it ends. Like, it's basically kind of like, we'll, we'll work on it. And then, you know, they never worked on it, I guess, enough to where, because they were still like, hey... Um, they're still like, are you guys talking to each other? Like, what's going on? Well, they didn't get time to work on it because the night, the night where she and Dina kissed, and they had the, and then a uh, guy comes in and says some anti-lesbian slurs at him, and there's this big verbal fight, and Joel comes in, and that's where Ellie is upset at Joel. Oh, you don't need to protect me. And of course, Joel's like, what are you, are you talking about? I dragged you all the way across the country from Boston. Of course, I'm gonna, be, <laughs> you'll just, you'll just stop doing that. But. That whole sequence happens the day before Joel dies, which you can kind of forget because it's separated by these two long sections of gameplay. But yeah. The first part of that game is it's there's the kiss, there's the confusion about it. She goes on patrol. Joel's already out, already out on patrol. And it's just so there's there was no time for the two of them to finally reach whatever stability in the relationship they needed. Yeah, it was just basically they kind of left it like a mutual thing, sort of like they're working on it. So, yeah, I thought it was a good game. I enjoyed it. I know some people, there was some article that I saw when it first came out that people were returning the game. I was like, well, you wasted like 50 bucks. 
Well, we, I tried to run that article down and I couldn't. And we, we had some discussion because there was a, some company somewhere was no longer accepting returns because they had too many. And it was supposedly for objectionable content. But I think because really, at least in the beginning of the game, because this was very soon after the release, there's no way anybody beat it and was like, oh, God, the, you know, this crucifix reference near the end bothered me, um, was back to you didn't play Joel was, I think, probably a part of it. Possibly the part that you were playing a lesbian and then there was fairly early on their first like make out possible sex scene is what they they smoked marijuana beforehand i was like this can't be it if you if that was like the big thing i was like that it was a good game it, it's first of all it's a video game it's not real life i mean even though we are in like a pandemic unless there start clickers and runners start coming around but i mean i really enjoyed the game i enjoyed the first one and i was like I was speculating what was going to happen. Like, I know there was leaks because Sony always gets leaked. And I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to any of it. I'm not going to spoil myself. I'm not going to read anything about it until I actually play it. And I didn't until like now. I was like, okay, now I can read what, you know, everybody was saying. Because we we beat it and we we know what happened. But I was like, I'm not going to get it spoiled for me. I want to enjoy the game. And like any good storyline, I don't think it would be ruined by knowing what happens. I mean, yeah, you would lose the... um, some of the effects of the twists by knowing what happens, but there's still a strong storyline between the characters and their, and their interactions. So I, once again, like seeing a movie that you've heard about, it would not be ruined by that um, because a lot of their interactions do feel very reasonable, do feel very human. They're dumb. A lot of what people do in that game is dumb, but it's also understandably dumb. It's unlike in a lot of horror movies where you go, oh, don't go through that door where the characters are just doing dumb things so the story progresses. These characters are doing dumb things because they're humans and humans can be dumb. They can be outright idiotic. Yeah, like, especially Liv. Oh my God, that dude was getting on my nerves. At first I was like, oh, he might be a good help, like helper because he's like an archer, but you got your mama killed, you got your sister killed. And I was like, you damn near almost got yourself killed multiple times. So, ah, uh, man. Just a very, and now we can uh, play the new game plus so we can have all our weapons if we decide to play it again. Yeah, and then we won't have to wait because Felicia and I played this as a couple. We would trade off the controllers kind of at random, but we only ever played it when the other person was in the room and we were always playing it together. And it was, I liked it as that too. It made for a much more enjoyable experience to have Felicia with me and to talk about it. I like when the jump scares game because Graham jumped a lot. <laughs> I was expecting, I was like, we're right. Like, every time you're like crawling under something, I was like, something's going to happen. Or you maybe when you open a door, it's like Resident Evil, like something is going to be behind there sometimes. Like, maybe one out of 10 times. Like, it's just a one time that he got scared. Just enough so that it feels like a legitimate scare without being cheap. Because, yes, most of the time you're forcing open doors and stuff like that, and nothing bad happens on the other side. But it just happens often enough that you get screwed over going through it that you're always on edge whenever you're fighting your way through a door. Yeah, it wasn't like a whole bunch. Like, every time you open a door, like, like a, a clicker was going to come and get you. It was like maybe a one, like, not in every area. Like, maybe so often there would be, like, a runner that would just be like, hey, oh, I've been trapped in here. So, yeah, and of course, like in all these games, the the runners and the clickers were not the the main, like, danger. It was the people, of course. It's never, like, the actual, like, clickers. I've always maintained good zombie-type stories are the threat is not the zombie. That's The, the threat is the other humans in the setting 
who are acting poorly, basically. That they are acting because, you know, the threat here, the whole storyline wouldn't have happened if Abby had been able to let go of her father's death. Would that would not have happened. The the real would have been over. Yeah, would have been over. The real threat in gameplay, yes, there are the clickers and the runners, they do make combat difficult, but the actual tough fights are always against well not always because there's a few kind of boss fights with the infected but the really tough fights are with other humans yeah like the man that like the the one towards the end that huge like clicker that boss battle that was probably the one of the hardest ones and there was a couple ones where like the bloater things or the shamblers i guess they're called they throw acid on you uh there was one point where there was like two of them i think and then they threw in some ones that like hide so they they like so you can jump out at you and all that stuff like the, there was a point where it was like all three of those in there that was a little tough but not as tough as like the people and the dogs like that's i think that's what they did good on it's like it's not the like clickers and all the stuff is going to get you it's like the people are probably the worst part because they're they're the worst <laughs> well you see it too in the in how the storyline set up is the like the fight between the wolves and the seraphites there's something deeper there but they don't really need to be fighting there's there's a there's this intense conflict where if either side was willing to disengage or able to disengage it wouldn't be a problem um you know you see that life in wyoming is not necessarily idyllic but you get this sense that everyone is working together cohesively to create and maintain a, this new city um, and that's, there aren't really that many threats there. You do fight some runners and some clickers and things, but there's not really that many threats there. It's when you start getting these organizations, these groups of people or individuals that you start having a problem. Yeah. I think that's what happens, but, oh man, it's kind of sad that it's over. I really enjoyed playing that. It gave me something to look forward to because I knew I was like pumping grandma's like, well, I got like a week left until last of us two. Or like as soon as the night before I was like, so excited. I was like, I'm getting it like at six o'clock in the morning. I'm so pumped. And now it's over. I'm like, well, I guess I can replay it on new game plus or maybe a harder difficulty, but yeah, maybe I'll play the last of us again. I thought they were going to come out with like a bundle with both games. I thought that would be nice. So I could have it on PlayStation four. Cause I only have last of us on PlayStation three. I think we're too close to the end of the PlayStation 4's life cycle to that, for that to happen. Yeah, it's basically about to come out towards the end of the, end of the year. So, oh, man, that was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I give it like 4.5 out of 5 stars. Yeah, like I said, it would if you're sort of a, a Dark Souls-y type of player that wants to have really complicated mechanics and everything else, it is not the game for you. Um, it... it <laughs> But if you are interested in the storyline as possible with a video game, then it's definitely worth it. Your rating, Graham? Um, I would say it is definitely a buy this game. That, that would be my. I would say buy this game, play it. Yeah, buy this game, play it, experience it for yourself. Hopefully, do not listen to this podcast. We we like we said, this is basically spoilers for both games. So go play both games before you uh, listen to this podcast. You won't be disappointed. They're, they're a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I think that's it. Anything else you want to say about the game? No, I think we've covered pretty much everything there is to say about the game. How about you uh, let people know where they can talk to us and tell us that our opinions are wrong and everything else? Well, if you want to tell us our opinions are wrong, you'll send us the email at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. That is D-A-M-N-Y-O-U-R-E. 
T-A-L-L-P-O-D at gmail.com. Once again, D-A-M-N-Y-O-U-R-E-T-A-L-L-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter for our little, uh, you can send us some stuff, I guess. Just follow us on there, interact as D-Y-T pod on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's Fifi underscore J247. Graham has a Instagram, but he doesn't really get on it. I'm not even sure what my Instagram handle is. So please follow Felicia. She's got a lot more. She's got a lot of interesting stuff going on there beyond just what we talk about. So yeah, a lot of very nice photos.